Welcome back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel. You had to think of that, about that for a second. I almost just stumbled my words. It's been a long day. Maybe I'm not such your beautiful wife right now. That's why you had a hard time getting it out. Far from the truth. <laughs> I don't know. That was a bit of a stumble. And as you can tell now... Uh, we are joined with some guests, and our guests tonight are the Rowlets, who you should not be unfamiliar with. Sandra and Scotty, say hello. Hello. Oh, good evening. How are you guys doing? To, I'm good, but I'm just wondering why we weren't referred to as the beautiful Rowlet. I know. Don't. It's a trap. You'll be the next hashtag <laughs> me too. <laughs> All right. So, you guys, if you want to get to know more about us or the network we're a part of, go to rebelliancemedia.com. You can find out about... Everything that we put out, find us on social media, follow us and like, share. Um, you can also go to patreon.com slash rebel alliance if you would love to financially support what we do. All of our content is free, but for those who want to help us keep it going. We want your is, money. That, exactly. So um, I think Showers that's, of blessings. I think that, <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of an inside joke right now because I was not raised on hymns. <laughs> Grant just discovered the hymn Showers of Blessing in his Was homework. Was not written by Erica's mom. <laughs> we'll talk about that another day. Okay, but first off tonight, we got to talk about some breaking news. Our plans were canceled this weekend. Dun, 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 dun. This just in. This just in. John Christ has been accused of sexual misconduct. And we were supposed Ooh, to go check to your John's... heart, John Christ. Yes. Oh, so many things that he <laughs> jokes about are going to become way too real for him. <laughs> um, so if you don't know who John Christ is, what are you even doing with your social media life? Because everybody knows who he is. He's yeah. like one of the most pop. I mean, he's like the most popular Christian comedian right now um, or was. <laughs> he might be the most popular right now. But uh, we were supposed to go like to his show. He's been the most popular for a while. Uh, yeah, so we were supposed to go to his show because they had one here in Pennsylvania just a couple hours away that we got tickets to, um, but it got canceled out of nowhere. Didn't know why until we saw the headline that he has been accused by five different women of sexual misconduct, and did you want to actually read the article, or? I mean, there weren't many details in the article. I could probably just give the gist. None of it was physical. That we know. Right? Mostly texting and it initiating. Sexting. Yeah, sexting and initiating conversations and relationships that were inappropriate. inappropriate. Also, um, exchanging show tickets for sexual favors is something that he was accused of. We call that prostitution. Right. In common yeah, vernacular. It, it, I think by, by definition that would constitute prostitution. <laughs> and physical. So there's nothing proven yet, right? Well, there's supposedly five witnesses, so obviously it needs mm -hmm. to be taken serious. Now, he did put out a statement, right? Well, yes. So his statement is very vague, and I can read it in a second. But according to biblical justice, there has to be two or more witnesses mm -hmm. to um, give credence to any claim of a crime, right? Yeah. Well, maybe the girl and him admitting it is two. Well, there's five women saying 
this happened to me. Five different instances. Well, maybe. We don't know. True. True. This is where I'm like, we just don't have a lot of details. Right. So that would make, I mean, there's so many questions. But if there were a couple ladies that went in together to get tickets, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? It's still a bit of a uh, innocence until proven guilty. But. Also, there would be uh, text messages, I'm imagining. Yeah, I mean, that's easy. Phone records are easy to pull. So it will come out eventually if if what is claimed is actually true. Mm -hmm. But he did make a statement wherein he apologized and asked for forgiveness. From all those he hurt. Yes. For his, for taking relationships lightly and for, for engaging in inappropriate relationships. So he did admit to... Well, he said, too, in his apology that one of his greatest fears was that his family and those he loved would find out his darkest secrets. And just his fan base. Like, he's been really honest about his addiction to even social media. And he kind of went to a rehab like a year ago and unplugged from social media and, you know, became a new person through all that. Whatever you want to think about that. Um, But this time he's saying... I've I've shared a lot of my personal life, but there's things that are a part of my personal life that I was always afraid of sharing mm. and everyone thinking what a terrible, horrible, detestable human being I am. So a few things. In the apology that I saw, mm-hmm. and maybe there will be more to follow, he didn't really apologize for a particular sin. He didn't get very detailed. Which, when we even teach our children, when you apologize for something, you name the sin. Exactly. This is how I sinned. Will you please forgive me? Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, oh, sorry. Sorry I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry I did whatever. a bad thing. Yeah. But he didn't even yep. necessarily say that. He just said, I'm sorry I let you down. And he just said, I take full responsibility. What does that mean? Well, full responsibility would be naming the sin, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. Exactly. This I is... think that would uh, definitely go in hand with that. This is the sin that I committed, and I must first, like David said, I must first seek forgiveness from God. Against yeah. you and you only have I sinned. Mm-hmm. So that should be like, first things first. Let's lay it all out how you have sought repentance, or have repented and sought forgiveness from God. Mm-hmm. Then it should have been what you were, you know, apologizing for, to whom you were apologizing. Mm-hmm. For me, the apology left a little to be desired. Well, it's pretty standard PR. Right? That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. It was just kind of like. It's what you hear from everybody when they're. Yeah, on. it definitely sounded like he had a, a professional uh, talking through exactly what to say, almost like a lawyer. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, to make sure that if there was any cases that were going to be coming of this, that he wasn't going to be outright admitting uh, fault so that it couldn't be used against him later on. Yep. That it might be settled uh, more quietly. Yeah. Uh, without more public knowledge and even there though i'm just like that's just shouldn't be a christian's response you know we, we believe that what's done in darkness will be brought to the light right. and that when mm-hmm. god forgives us it is something to be celebrated and it's something that like the apostle paul could look back and be like i'm the chief of sinners you know i have done the worst things imaginable yet yeah. here i am look, look how god used me when christians try and like do Weird apologies, backdoor deals with the DA. It just seems really skeezy to me. Well, it it means that you're not taking full responsibility. Yeah. Taking full responsibility, and this is what we tell our kids too, is being honest and saying exactly what you did, just knowing that I'm just going to have to take whatever consequences come, right? This is like all 
we should probably preface this a little bit. I know it's no quarter November, but like <laughs> this is just what we know right now. It's probably been like what an hour since this came out, since the story broke. Yeah. Well, this morning is when our tickets were canceled. <laughs> Actually, I should look up when the story I can't have plugged in. Um, but like we don't really know any details. So maybe a week from now there'll be added details, and we're we are going to sound yeah. stupid. I don't know. But we'll, we'll update. As of right now, this is our thought. <laughs> so honestly, we brought this up because obviously there's some biblical. Because we're mad that we can't go see his I show. I know. There's some sin hurts more <laughs> than just you people. It hurts everyone. <laughs> John Chris, you hurt more people than those girls. You hurt us. No show, no funnies for us. <laughs> no date night. Um, but but you know there's some biblical justice issues you have to talk about. And then just real Christian life stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like just the, what does it really mean to confess sin and repent? And are we just doing it by the culture standards or are we going to do it by biblical standards? Well, this is kind of where the social justice thing would kind of um, play in as well, because the social justice warriors methods of repentance, me- methods of um, social reconciliation. Yeah, I guess reconciliation would be the good word. Mm-hmm. All of that is like so skewed and I think John Chris probably would be closer to the social justice warriors than he would be like the theonomists. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, he's your your mainstream I mean Protestant non-denominational type type person. So what so. I'm saying is I think that his version of an apology probably mm-hmm. is somewhat reflective of the social justice influence. Yeah, for sure. Rollettes, do you have anything else that you'd like to add? I don't. <laughs> well, I think with like the, the social aspect, social justice aspect of with his uh, remarks that came out, obviously scripted, uh, yep. it, it seems that he's fighting more that, you know, as a person who also lives in that media, social media spotlight, like that's where he draws his crowds from that he's looking more of a forgiveness in that area than he is from a biblical area because he wants to keep his job because they pay his bills yep exactly i don't know if we're gonna how how this is gonna play out necessarily because you know you you do have a lot of the people who you know their lives revolve around social media you know he he self-admittedly had unplugged for a while because even though it's a job for him it was actually a becoming a stumbling block i mean honestly probably like a lot of the normal everyday christians if his comedy stays clean and funny they'll just brush it off and yeah i think they probably will because it's not like he's out there you know writing theology book you know i don't know i think the rachel den hollanders of the world del hollander whatever her name is Mm mm-hmm they probably had their teeth so sunk into the church. I'd be really surprised if they're at, if even if his apology is legitimate and he just is a terrible communicator. Mm-hmm. Let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's just say his apology actually is legitimate, super repentant. God has changed his heart. He turns away from his sin and walks anew. Mm-hmm. I think that we are so woke as a church and not in the hashtag get woke kind of way, but like, you know, social justice kind of woke that the greatest sin you can commit is against a woman because a woman has become God. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think given our current culture, he won't, he he will, he will never, he won't go past where he's at right now. Like whatever his followers, his fan base is, he won't, he won't surpass that. He'll lose a ton, but he may retain 
a remnant and how biblical and uh and kind of <laughs> and chill out there and maybe done because unless he rebrands he unless he gets a really great pr guy and he rebrands you know who survives allegations these days who's that um well people like trump who double down when they get accused of something they go oh you think i did that well i did this and that <laughs> and yeah but he also yeah. isn't a christian comedian no he's not a christian a comedian either but, but getting in, that shock factor. But in some like... sense, think about how licentious or how much divorce is happening in the mainline church, which okay. is probably most of John Chris's audience. Yeah. Think about how many people are having sex before marriage. Yeah. But yet yeah. he does this and then they're going to crucify him for it. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's going to become a big deal because he's a Christian. So the media is going to roll with it. But I really think that you know, probably people that are following him, they're going to be like disappointed and be like, I can't believe he did that. But then they're going to be like, well, he's like a young comedian, you know, young man comedian who's single. Of course he did that, whatever. Of course he made these stupid, you know, mistakes. And then they'll, they'll be like, he's apologized and he's repented and they'll move with it. So you think he'll get like a I buy mean, on that? Yeah, I think he will. I think they'll be like, of course. I mean, he's a comedian. He, can, he doesn't even like have a real serious job, and he'll get <laughs> he'll, he'll be brushed off because he's like an immature young man who made stupid mistakes. But well, but he's repented. So so with that, you know, I love that we all disagree. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, one of us will surely be right. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, I just do. I, I think that you know, I don't because I just. I mean, small I speed bump. Yeah, him. I think. I think, well, I mean, if he did it again, I think it would really, you know, then we'd probably see more. But I think people probably they don't take him seriously anyway. So they're like, of course, like, this, you know, really he did, of course he did this stupid thing. Well, you know, you could also look at it this way, you know. I think it's different than a pastor. With the with rebranding. <laughs> Obviously. You know, well, it is big time. What yeah. you were speaking of, like, you know, yes, he's a comedian. Okay, now, well, I, I can't really fall under the Christian comedian category but i can be just a comedian which you know his kind of thing was oh i'm a clean you know christian comedian but with rebranding he just be a clean comedian he just basically be a clean comedian or they'll yeah. give him a reality show or he, a book deal yeah. he needs to a write book a book deal. he needs yeah. to write a book <laughs> oh, about yeah, his fall one. from grace yep i mean and then of course he's, he's the pastor's son too let's just add that to it i'm the yeah. pastor's son of course, he is the rebel soul. He's yeah, the Barnabas he, Piper. He became a comedian. Of course, he made these mistakes. Yeah. He's homeschooled, too. Yeah. So, of course. Dad Gummit. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Yo, John we gotta get on our homeschool game. <laughs> but he probably wasn't baptized as an infant, let's be honest. No, definitely That's not. True. Definitely not. Because otherwise, this wouldn't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, people. Kidding. Yeah. Kind of. All right, we're going to go to a break. And come back because we have the Rawlets on for a reason. And we have something really exciting to talk about with them. So hang tight. Uh, listen to this awesome commercial from our friends at Reconciled Radio. And we will be right back. Hey guys, this is Brian. And this is Jesse. And we run Reconciled Media. We create reformed, presuppositional, and postmillennial content. 
Check out Reconciled Radio, where we've interviewed guests like Joel McDermott and Darren Doan, and The Alpina Antithesis, where we engage the issues and events around our community from a full orb, faith for all of life, Christian worldview. Both shows can be found on Apple Podcasts at Reconciled Media. Go to Facebook.com slash Reconciled Media to stay up to date with our latest content, memes of the week, and our Reconciled recommendations. Thanks, and go cultivate a kingdom culture. guys doing yeah we are in the new york groove aren't we who sings that song what? babe i don't know i don't ever know who sings anything you know lyrics that's what you I know. Just know songs scotty do you know that song i actually do not i don't know erica can you sing it for us so we we can grant's gonna yeah, look it up it, find yeah, it i could probably remember it we can get some kind of copyright oh it's kiss on. oh yeah kiss i knew that yeah none of their songs sound like what they look like nope <laughs> That's uh, my whole Thanks, life. Man. That's been my relationship with Kiss. Okay, here we go. Is it coming up? There you go. All right. Night back night. in the New York groove, everybody. All right. So <laughs> so we have the Rollettes on to talk about something super exciting. And what that is, the release of our family advent guide called Behold Your King on Ezra Press. Woo-hoo. I feel like I should have some sound effects with crowds cheering. I mean, we could put Kiss back on. If you don't have your copy yet, go to EzraPress.ca or... You can find a couple copies here and there on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, but on the like used list, even though they're not used yet. So I don't know. We don't know really what... know how that happened. We don't really know how this happened. Someone changed their mind. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Someone's trying to swindle and make it make a profit. I think, but which we applaud. It's called capitalism. Yeah, this is very true. Good for them. Not good for us, though. Kudos. Yeah, not good for us <laughs> because now if you try to buy from Amazon, it says ships in one to three months, and. <laughs> Advent happens before that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Ezra Press released the book. It was a blog series that we did last year for Advent that all all four of us wrote together and had a great time writing it for initially our families only. Mm -hmm. And then Rebel Alliance Media asked us if we would put it on the blog. And so we ended up putting it on the blog during Advent. And when that was done, the idea came up to put it all together, make it a true advent of 25 days. And and Ezra Press said that they were interested in it. And so here we are today. With a book. With a book. By the grace of God. And it's (laughs) $4.99. It's really cheap, y'all. This is the cheapest advent you'll get. Yeah. I don't think you're going to find any family worship advent guide out there that has good theology for your family, for that cheap. True. And you don't have to worry about splurging on for diets because there's no chocolate involved. True. Yeah. That's another added benefit. I mean, you could get chocolate and like just eat it with an advent if that was something you really liked. That sounds like fun, actually. 
There's, there's always options. We should do that. We left it open. <laughs> we left it open for options. That's the next one we're doing, right, Sandra? <laughs> that's right. Hey, how soon does Ezra ship it? I think it should be here within like seven to ten days. I think seven to ten days. Uh, if you live in the States, you should have it from from Ezra Press since they're in Canada. You should still have it within seven to so ten days. So plenty of time for Christmas. Yeah, so get it yeah. quick. So get just, it now. So just go to Ezra. Don't go to Prime. Right. Yeah, exactly. What we wanted to do is talk about the book, talk about why we wrote it, why we think it's important, why we think it's crucial to not only your life as a Christian family, but you know, also during this time of Advent. And that is why we brought the Rawlets on since we did this together. We're kind of celebrating in a way, mm-hmm. but also wanted to share with you guys why, the why behind this sort of thing. Yeah, this is less of a boast fest and more so a, like, let's all rally together now and like spur each other on in this good work. The idea initially came from a conversation that Sandra and I had, and we were just chit-chatting about the busyness of the holiday season and how our lives can become so preoccupied with Christmas parties and all of the different festivities, and we really felt like we were at risk of losing some of the purpose behind what Christmas should be. And so we thought, Let's make our own little liturgy. Let's let's format our own little worship outline, family worship guide. And um, we did. So we got you two on board pretty quickly, I think. I mean, I was all about it. I love Christmas. Yeah. And yes. I went back in our uh, messaging threads with the guys at Rebel Alliance. Uh-huh. And from the day that we pitched it to the day that we sent our final draft to Ben, who's our editor, I think it was like... Less than four weeks. It was like yeah, three and a half weeks or something. It we was really quick at. from the from the day that the idea like hatched in mine and Sandra's pea brains to when it actually was sent off was insanely quick. Well, we were so you can tell we were excited to write this. Well, and I think Christmas was was like just around the corner yeah. too, and so we yeah. realized if we want to do this, we got to hurry up. Yeah, we had a lot of stuff going on, and you know. We don't ever, like, give ourselves a sufficient amount of time to do anything <laughs> when we do something together. Yeah, life always happens, and and uh, I know Sandra and Erica, they, they get spurred on something, uh, and then there's like, okay, we have a short timeline. We need to get this done right now. Yeah, no breaks. It's just like a fast and furious just going through and, and uh, getting at it. Right. But it was definitely a lot of fun. Yep, and no water breaks. <laughs> Yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> it pretty much goes, "Hey, we've got this great idea. Let's write an advent. Hey, yeah, let's do twenty-five days and let's get it done in the next like two, three weeks because, uh, yeah, we've got all these other things we got to do. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Why couldn't we do that? That's how you know God is in it, though. Like when you can actually true, huh? like pull that off somehow, and it turns out to be <laughs> halfway decent. Yeah, when you look back, you. It is sort of amazing, you know? That's how you know. It's just like, that was all God. He was in it. Yeah. It was his purposes. We didn't seek out anything with Ezra Press. They sought us out. That yeah. was totally a God thing. So all yeah. of it is just God's hand mm-hmm. at work. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was pretty amazed when somebody else liked it besides us. <laughs> yes. I thought, story. man, we're, we're pretty conceited thinking that we're going to write our own advent in, like, you know, because nobody else is going <laughs> to well, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, we, we came together because of a desire to have something biblically sound to share with our family, with our with our kids and and each other. And it just grew from that. You know, it that 
that's what's pretty amazing to me. It's like, you know, it didn't come about as, oh, let's write this advent. You know, we have this new awesome aspect and viewpoint that we want to share that just hasn't been expressed in the world yet. Like, yeah, how many thousands? <laughs> how many thousands of advents have probably been written? Yeah. Oh, girl, sure. there's so Every many. Year. I mean, I was, we were pulling from like, normally when we would do our advent, we couldn't find just one that we really just were in love with. So we pulled from, I don't know, like what, three, three different ones were we pulling from before this? Mm-hmm. Taking the different aspects we liked of each of them and trying to entangle it into, you know, our family worship time during the season. And So some of the unique things that are probably not found in many other advents, or at least all together would be the hymns that are included. Right. And then yeah. the fact that it's post-mill. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I don't really know of any other post-mill. Like, dis- like very uh, distinctly post-mill advents. I think every advent is to some aspect post-mill because it's just the story. Yeah, but... by happenstance. Yeah. But um... Not, ours is intentionally focused on the the kingliness of Jesus. Yes. So those are two things that make it, I think, kind of unique from other family advents. And I think just having a liturgy like that is sort of full orbed where there's singing, scripture reading, you know, the short devotional. And then we got questions to to enrich yeah. the, the time with your family. And then, of course, you close in prayer. And we really wanted it to be kind of full orbed in that way. Yeah. Yeah, like a, a true worship, you know, where... Yeah, true you know, family you're worship. You're praising, you're learning, and you know you have you, you're getting the full meat and potatoes. You're not yep. just uh, grazing on some salad. Exactly. Scotty must be hungry, right? I I swear he's talking I about chocolate salad. <laughs> 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 Feed your husband, Sandra. Where I did, I swear. I, I'm I'm coming back from a sickness that I didn't eat for like three days. And so I'm I'm slowly coming back to to life eating <laughs> with food and allergies. <laughs> <laughs> um, to to point out another another reason why we wrote it too is that when you look at Advents to buy, even Sandra just mentioned how they've used you know three, four, many different kinds. Most Advents are geared just towards kids, yeah, or just to adults, which can be great for either one. Mm-hmm. And adults, you know, do need deep, rich theological uh, advents to uh, feed their um, spiritual needs, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. But we, we saw a hole in the family area where parents and kids together could be learning and growing during the Advent season. And also an Advent where parents could kind of use it as a discipleship tool mm-hmm. for their kids. That was something that we didn't really find. Right. Yeah. So if we've sold it to people now at this point, if they're like, oh, that sounds really good. I got to track down a copy. EzraPress.ca. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> why do you think family worship is important? Yeah. Well, family worship, of course, is important because it's commanded. We always harp on Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians 6 in that. God has commanded parents to be the ones to pass on knowledge of him to their kids. And Ephesians 6 even says to raise your children up in the padea of the Lord, which is the culture of the Lord. They're supposed to be raised in a household and in such a way 
that they just know that they're Christian and all of the ways of their life and their family are Christian. And so family worship in that time of family teaching and discipleship where the the dad primarily is the one spiritually leading and pastoring his kids and ensuring that he's pouring into his saplings that they would grow, this Advent obviously is a perfect tool for that sort of thing. Sometimes, and I remember early on in my uh, in our marriage and having kids, I was searching all over the place for tools to use mm-hmm. to be able to do this right. And I would have loved something like this that gave me scriptures to use, a song to sing, a devotion to read and help me talk with my kid, and then questions to have a good discussion at the end. Like, this was exactly something that I would be looking for. And so to obey God's commands, we think this is a great helpful tool. And I think it's great uh, the way it's laid out, too, with um, having the devotion, having the questions. I think it's it works awesome for that. Uh, to put the emphasis on the dads, it's very easy for for dads and for men, even during this time when a lot of times businesses ramp up and hours get long, it's easy for them to spend extra time at work or to spend extra time doing some project for work and to justify it as, well, I'm I'm bettering my my career or whatever, and that's providing for my family. But at the same time, they're sacrificing the spiritual health of their family. So your kids might be alive and have more presence under the tree, but their spiritual life is withering and inside they're dying. Well, that's true for women too. And like the whole feminist agenda, mom goes to work to make sure her kids have a better uh, childhood than she had or whatever. Right. And so for that too, especially during this time when it gets really busy, even when it is Christmas parties or the work Christmas party and and all of that can be justified as, well, this is going to help me in the career. And then, you know, even, like I'm going to rub elbows. Exactly. And you can, that's the thing is work is a good thing. And so it's easy to, to lie to yourself about it. And it's easy to justify skipping family worship mm-hmm. um, for the sake of worshiping the idol of work and the idol of success and the idol of build the resume. Mm-hmm. Um, for the sake of your children, which God has commanded you to disciple. Well, and that's the good thing about family advents like this is that it is a almost like a reprimand against that type of living. Because yeah. like the Christmas story is all about a king being born, mm-hmm. which means a kingdom being inaugurated. And so exactly. the problem with a woman who goes to work, not because she has to, but because she wants to, to give her children the better way of life or whatever it is, or the man who's just trying to build his own kingdom. Right. And, and that's really what it is, right? They're both just trying to build their own empires, their own kingdom, their own wealth, and they're living for themselves. But then here is this baby that's born, King Jesus, and he says... Hey, that entire empire that you're building is going to collapse and every king is going to bow down to me. Every king is going to worship me. Your little piddly empire over there is going to be burnt up and is going to equal nothing. Here I am. Worship me. It's like a great wake up call, you know? You know, I mean, we do all the fun things of, you know, Christmas, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, put up the lights, Mm -hmm. you know, the little Santa Clauses, all that. I mean, they enjoy all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't just important to me for them to like, you know, keep the reason for the season, but I, I wanted it to look different 
than the rest, right? I wanted it to look different. You know, this was such a significant right. thing for us as Christians that Christ was born. Like, you know, we'd been waiting for this. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wanted it to be different. I wanted when we did these, um, this Advent, I wanted it to, to look different and to feel different. So another, another thing that's uh, a big why for writing this for us is that um, we wanted to focus our orbit during this season, not around presence and not around consumerism or materialism, but still around King Jesus. We still wanted to center ourselves, orbit ourselves around the true meaning of the season. And this was the whole reason for the church calendar. And I know I didn't grow up following the church calendar. I'm taking a class in seminary right now that's that's forcing me to learn a lot more about the church calendar through church history. But this whole time was uh, called Christmas Tide, and they had so many different days that you would go to church. And you know, Advent is four different weeks, mm-hmm. um, uh, four different Sundays where you learn about the Christmas story. And this is reflected in our in our Advent book where we read the narrative story. Um, several times through to really immerse ourselves into this story and to, like I said, orbit our world around the true meaning, which is the birth of King Jesus, the fulfillment of all these promises that God has made through the Old Testament and the amazing fulfillment of his work of redemption in such a small thing as a birth. Well, and the beauty of it is not just like Jesus was born. Like every, it's just a historical fact that Jesus was born. Mm -hmm. That's not even argued at all. But the beauty of it as a Christian is that he was born for a purpose. Right. And the purpose was accomplished. And now we're called into something. Now we're called into his marvelous light. We're invited into his kingdom and he's given us a task. Right. And he's given our children a task. This Advent is very much the realization for us that this is our task to build his kingdom and it's how we're going to disciple our children to do the same. Right. And it's the, it's the great story of God um, coming into a dark place and shining his light. Right. Which is the great commission to go out into all the world and to preach the gospel and to mm-hmm. bring light into the dark world. Yeah. I just think like sometimes Christmas I don't know, conversations can become so like, like Sandra said, like Christmas lights and, mm-hmm. and like sparkly warm sugar cookies and stuff. But like, this really is just like a, like a battle cry, really. Like, hey, this is what we're here for. And we're about this. And like, yeah. let's go fam. We got a job to do. Like, we can celebrate this. This is an awesome thing to celebrate. But like, we don't just sit on it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the birth... Like that's the post-mill part of it. Yeah, because the birth of a king means that we don't bow down and we don't obey any other ruler in the same way on earth, right? Because we ultimately bow down and obey to King Jesus. Right. So it's important in how we even relate to our government. So in as much as, like, Advent is a celebration, I really do think it's, like, the time of year when, like, you start seeing all those idols pop up, whether Mm. it is the materialism or whether it is like the battling of the, you know, work hour schedules, having to rub elbows with the right people. So you get that, you know, end of year bonus or like whatever, whatever it is, you know, like God really kind of points those things out towards the end of the year. And maybe that's, 
in his providence why it's at the end yeah, of the year right. <laughs> he's like we're getting ready to start a new year here so like let's do a heart check mm-hmm. going back to the john chris check your heart oh gosh yeah just saying yeah, that's a good <laughs> that was, point that was a really good uh tie back huh i'm impressed thank you <laughs> well done Dave. that well was done. spirit filled testify <laughs> Testify. Time back in with uh, John Chris. Uh, you know, are you fighting to do it, Scotty? I know that, where you're going. Do it. That applying for family and maxing out those credit cards and, you know, having the most lights on your house, you know, having that Griswold Christmas. Yeah, because him, him writing the apology like he did and you having to outdo your neighbor or you having to have the better Instagram posts of all the presents under the tree this year is the same thing. You're bowing down to our culture's acceptance of you. Oh man, you got to have that postcard family. You know, the everybody has to have that uh, family uh, picture sitting out uh, in front of the fireplace yeah. or around a Christmas tree with all the presents. Let's not talk about bridge. family pictures or right Brooklyn now. Bridge or. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> There's always a kid who doesn't open their eyes. <laughs> always. It's it's okay because uh, Scotty's still putting up the Christmas decorations this weekend, <laughs> whether he talks about you know the Griswold Christmas or not. Yeah, and we're not against that either. I mean, that's a good point to make. Like, we're not yeah. against the fun of it. Like we. Oh, I love my Christmas. No, party. I think uh, Christians need to celebrate. Oh my god! You gosh. need to really be careful. You gotta get, get me too. Christians need to get celibate. Uh, <laughs> That's the opposite of the no. post message. Christians need to celebrate Christmas better than everyone, right? It's true. Shouldn't we be having the most joy during this season? Shouldn't we be having the greatest parties? Like having the most fun with the most friends and family and celebrating the biggest because we truly understand what this is all about. Yeah, for everyone else, it's just a shadow. But for the Christian, we're like, this is awesome because we've seen how since the birth of Christ over the course of you know centuries, we've come so far. His kingdom has grown so much. And so it's a celebration of what, you know, Jesus's birth, but also of everything that like has happened since his birth and for us like it has a fuller deeper richer meaning right and we should be able to celebrate because the the proof is all around us the proof is in the fact that everyone celebrates christmas even if you're muslim even if you're jewish like everywhere you go you're gonna be singing christmas hymns you're going to be seeing christmas trees you're going to have like christmas shoved down your throat regardless of what your religious beliefs are and that's a a testament to regardless to whether you call it a christmas party or not i guarantee you're going to a party yeah Yeah. a holiday a holiday party party. and holiday (laughs) just means holy day anyway so gotcha so ha 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 (laughs) hashtag that post mail hey suggestion everybody during this time obviously read our advent you know, which is wonderful. We would like that. That'd be cool. But go on line and watch a movie Kurt Cameron put out called Saving Christmas. It's actually oh, really funny. Movie. Yes. And, My kids love it. And Isn't it, the Chocolate Knox in that? Yes. The, yes, he is. The mm-hmm. Chocolate Knox is in it. Darren Doan's in it. Um, and then Kurt Cameron's in it. It's a fantastic movie. Is it on Amazon right now? It is Amazon Prime right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know where else you can also watch it, but we watch it on Amazon Prime. I mean, you could probably just Google it, I'm sure, and it would... You can also get it on Vudu. 
the, there you go. Okay, there you go. Um, but it goes through the history of how the Christmas holiday came to be. And I know a lot of people question that. Oh, it's pagan. Don't celebrate it. Or it's not commanded in scripture, so we shouldn't do it. But this movie does a great job at showing um, why we should celebrate and it. And Nate actually did a pretty good job on his Halloween episode when he was talking about like if Christians should celebrate Halloween. Uh-huh. And I think there are so many parallels between Christians celebrating Halloween with its pagan roots and Christian celebrating Christmas with its pagan roots that like if it's something you really struggle with, even listening to that episode would be helpful. If you can find something by Doug Wilson on celebrating Christmas, it's really good too. I remember listening to him talk about it. So yeah. there's that. So there's that. All right, guys. Rollettes, you have anything to add before we close this one out? Yeah. Get woke. Alrighty then. Hashtag that was that's like whiplash. <laughs> she just took it. She didn't even ask. Um, all right. So again, guys, EzraPress.ca. EzraPress.ca. And, go get the book. And if you have bought it, we would greatly appreciate if you would go on Amazon and review the book. I'm mm-hmm. sure even Barnes & Noble probably has a review section. Yeah. I don't know. I never buy books on Barnes & yeah. Noble. But wherever you bought the book from, if you would review it, that would be super helpful for us. We would really appreciate that. That would be huge. Post it on social media and tag us. That would oh, for sure. That would be amazing. Yep. You guys would make our day, week, season. Advent. You'd make our advent. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart from original sin. The effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a dark state, Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames, left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames, cause we're powerless to change, if you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily, as you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3. Verse 1 is my thesis, it's the deepest Truth that should get you speechless What scripture teaches will fill in the missing pieces Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus Perhaps it was fright about the other Pharisees Wicked spite against Christ that turned this into naked night He called the rabbi and gave him props Said he was a teacher from God Jesus replied, made him stop Regarding the kingdom of God, no one's going in In fact, you can't even see it unless you're born again That must have consumed and stretched his mind Cause he said, can a man enter his mother's womb a second? Naturalistically, the only way for him to hear it Jesus said you must be born of the water and the spirit No other way to enter heaven That sounds like Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27 In this new birth, the spirit is the source and the agent The water symbolizes spiritual purification Flesh can only produce flesh, that's true and factual Regenerating work of the spirit is supernatural It's kind of like the wind, which is free East to west can't receive the steps You can only see its effects In the same way the Holy Spirit chooses who he pleases to sovereignly open their eyes to the truth of Jesus.
it wasn't for the spirit's mysterious operation uh -huh. We would all be under serious condemnation I'd still be rejecting the sun If God hadn't said, let there be light Like Genesis 1, yeah And just like the light could not refuse to shine Irresistible grace has renewed my mind Let's exalt the king who died and truly is risen The new birth is not the effect of human decision But the cause, it changes our natural habitation The situation, it's a radical transformation I was cursed and polluted so my dirt was inexcusable with new internal pupils his person is beautiful his worth is indisputable the lamb is amazing a standing ovation for his work in the crucible so let us respond with true worship and love to the god who was given new birth from above